Welcome to the 30 Pause Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Clark. On this podcast, myself and a few guests along the way are here to help you navigate what it's really like riding the roller coaster of emotions through that third decade of life. We're here to laugh at ourselves, live our truth, to inform, be fabulous, darlings. So thank you for joining and hop on the roller coaster of emotions and be sure to hold on to your nipples because we're about to enter 30 Pause. a really fun excursion called Ragbra. And can you just tell me... Ragbra. Oh, I sit. Bra- but I kind of say like bra. And know, maybe... It's, it's just bry. Yeah, okay. It's across... No. Ragbra. Registers annual bride across Iowa. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, That's an acronym? Like, yeah, it's an acronym. Oh, this is staying in the show. That great. was just an annual education. great bike ride across great, Iowa. Great, great. Like, you can't yeah. the great. Yeah. The an- registers annual okay. right so rag yeah bike ride across Iowa rag bride rag bride and <laughs> I did it I did it yay yay cheers to me <laughs> we have rag bride bride like Brian Brian yeah bride. So, yeah, tell me, um, okay, what first motivated you to do it? And then, of course, tell us what is it. I don't think a lot of people really know, especially if you're not from the Midwest. Yeah, we didn't know about it until a year ago. Okay. So, Ragbri is literally a seven-day bike ride across Iowa. Mm -hmm. So, we took a charter through the west side of Iowa and then rode our bikes back to the Mississippi River. So it's from point A to point B, the entire length of Iowa. And it's a sanctioned race, or sanctioned ride. It's not a race. Okay. It's not a race. heard that it's not a race. Yeah. It's a ride. So it's not okay. a ride, it's a ride. Mm-hmm. Which is true, because it's about the experience. Mm-hmm. But every day, the course is laid out for you. You know it ahead of time. You know the miles and the elevation gain and different stops along the way. Mm-hmm. And the roads aren't closed down, but it's only open to local traffic. So there's just 10 to 15,000 people out there biking with you. You can start any time during the day. We used the Ragbri truck to actually move our bags. So between 5 and 8 a.m. or 6 and 8 a.m., we didn't know the beginning time. It wasn't important to us. (laughs) By 8 a.m., we had to have our tent and bag packed up and put on this truck. So from how long are you riding from 8 a.m.? You're like you're starting at 8 a.m. And then from what, 8 p.m.? Usually it was between 4 and 5 that we finished. And we started usually between 6 and 8, depending on how long of a ride we had for the day. Um, And it was usually between 7 and 10 hours in total each day that we were on our bikes. Granted, I will say... There are um, towns that you stop in. So every eight to 10 miles, sometimes 15 to 20, you're going from one town to the next town. And there's food vendors and a bunch of um, 
different places to stop and sit, shade, mm-hmm. and then between each town there's other stops that you can make across um, along the way, and it, um, you stop for 15 minutes or you stop for 30 minutes. Every lunch yeah. day was for an hour, and we counted that into our time, so we were, you know, off traveling nine to ten hours, but mm-hmm. we were sitting or relaxing or eating for probably two hours. Taking a break. Yes. I gave you like a 12 hour, like being like, you're on the bike the whole time. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so you have breaks, but at the same time, how many days did this take you both? The first day we rode was Sunday, and we finished on a Saturday. So it's a full seven mm. days of biking. Yeah. And we camped every night. So it wasn't that, I mean, so we went the least expensive route. It's kind of an expensive endeavor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based on the idea that you're just biking and sleeping in a tent, you would think it's inexpensive. Right. But it can be as expensive as you want. So the more comfort you want, you can pay for. Of course. We just did the basic rag ride entry. So every night we set up our tent, had all our camping gear, and packed it up in the morning. There's charters that you can use where they have the tent for you. So when you show up to town, the tent is already put up. I'd probably get that one. Yeah. And on top of that, (laughs) they had an option where they would actually bus you to a hotel every night. So they were able to find hotels. Wow. So you might even go for that. I would have gone the platinum package. That's what I call the rag bry platinum package. Yeah. You would look more at like $200 extra per night. (laughs) Oh, And that's not really a vacation. I mean, you are working the whole time. But at the same time, comfort is key. And I really think that would be beneficial for people who are older or just need, like, that that major, like, comfort for them to be able to continuously do it because this is an insane amount of miles and the physical exertion on top of just the mental game. That's what I kind of want to get into with you guys of of knowing that and doing it together. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You did it together. (laughs) Um, We had a backpacking tent. So our tent is designed to go backpacking, and we bought it specifically because it weighs less than five pounds. Okay. We got it when we went out to the Badlands last summer. Um, Two summers ago. Okay, two summers ago, yeah. Yeah. So the, the result of that is that it's as wide as we are. So if we lay down in the tent, we're shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. and then our bags were under our feet. So because we have a lightweight two-person tent, it's pretty small. Yeah. And it, <laughs> our rag ride bags had to be under 50 pounds. So it was just funny because we would get the tent set up every night, and then we would leave the tent <laughs> yeah. until it was time to sleep. Like, wow. we would, there would be something else to do. I think we did end up taking a nap one time. Like, we got the tent set up. And then we fell asleep in it. And it was yeah. like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. But it is really neat because you're just, like, we slept at three or four baseball fields. Like, you're just at the town park, and everyone mm-hmm. has their tent set up. And it almost always was in a baseball diamond. We were at fairgrounds twice mm-hmm. in different towns. So it's just so neat they have that space designated. Well, yeah. But you there's a lot of tents, and you're very close. I was going to say. I reminisce of like actual either a campsite or a skid row. You yeah. don't need, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. we're not sure. Is this a campsite or is this, or is everybody okay? Does everybody have a home here? Yes. You know, I mean, if you know, if any of us would just like stumble upon that and we saw that, <laughs> I would be kind of concerned, especially if you're not familiar with this. Yeah. 
you know? And this is just, why do you think people are attracted to something like Rag Bri? Why were you guys both attracted to it? So me, why, what's your answer for why? <laughs> uh, for me, it was uh, pushing myself on a challenge that I knew I could probably do. I'm um, physically active. I like to get out into nature and mm -hmm. see things. So I knew it was something that I was probably capable of doing. And to say I have done it, I think is a... a an accomplishment so I think those were the key things where I'm like yeah we could do that and let's go do it let's go say we've done it mm -hmm. yeah I would say that's exactly what happened because my thought when we saw this last summer it was the first time we heard about it mm -hmm. was that we could go do it and then we had winter here in the Midwest yeah and it was February yeah. and then Courtney said we should go do it which is a lot different than we can <laughs> actually say we should and so okay in February, she had found a bike on Marketplace, a really nice road bike, and we decided to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so that night, we had to sign up for the ride yeah. and actually do it. So Courtney was the one who was like, let's go actually do it. She was the activator of this challenge. Yeah. Now, did you know that, like, were, you, were they starting to register people for this in the winter, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. I think it's in January that they open it up for okay. the, the year that it's going to happen. Okay. And then there's like a certain deadline where it's going to cost this amount of money and then the, okay. the entry free fee goes up. So I'm like, well, we have to do it by March 1st because that was when the entry fee was going to go up. And we signed up, I think, on February 14th. Yeah. Amazing. Happy Valentine's Day. How romantic. Let's yeah. just like <laughs> know, right? really physically challenge ourselves together. And then no, it, that is really kind of fucking cool. That <laughs> that, you know? And then it was winter. Oh. <laughs> and so yeah, exactly. winter in, uh, we couldn't bike. And we were like, what should we do? And then Courtney pointed out, this was around the same time, that I had been to 48 states in one year. Mm. And if we just made the extra effort, <laughs> and money to mm -hmm. go to Alaska and Hawaii, I'd make it to all 50 states in one year. So we signed up for Rag Ride in February. The first week of March, we were in Alaska for the Iditarod. Mm -hmm. We yes. maybe biked one time in March. Good weather. One week. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. then we went to Hawaii at the end of April. So that is a lot of time where I don't know that we biked very much. So we went to Hawaii at the end of April, 50 states, all done, came home, and our focus was getting in enough shape for Rag Ride mm -hmm. that we could enjoy the ride. So we they have an official training plan that you can do. It's a ton of miles every night and a schedule. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do that. But what we did do was longer rides on the weekend. So our longest ride was how long? We ended up going 60 miles, and that probably was in June time period that we had worked up to 60 miles. We had started mm -hmm. like 25 and 30, and I think we did a 40, and then a 50. You just kept growing. Yeah. 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 So we went to the Pasadena Ohio State Conference. Went to the root beer stand in Antwerp. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We love perfect, it. perfect, except for a root beer float halfway through a 63 mile ride is not the best. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But those.
those chili dogs weren't yeah. a good idea. Not good, but that was a good thing to learn for Rob <laughs> Yes, to eat a bit more clean. And, you know, after 30, we do have to really have these food sensitivities and things that yeah. we're like, oh, wow, that gelato looks really nice, but I know it's not going to be nice at 3 a.m. for me, so we're just going to not do this. Well, on the ride, we <laughs> had the ice cream, but we didn't have the ice cream and the hamburger. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta pick and choose. It's like be miserable or have you know temporary satisfaction. You know, food is one of the best things. But wow, yes, okay. Training, we did the long rides on the weekend. We did multiple 40, 50 mile rides and one 63 mile ride. So every weekend we went on at least one long ride. Okay. And then during the week we did a few over 20 miles, but usually it was 15. 10, 10 to 15. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so weeknights we would head out just on the trails here in Portland yeah. mm-hmm. and try and get those miles in. We knew that training our bodies to pedal was half of it and training to be able to sit on a bike for a long period of time yeah. was the other half. Like we knew that that was going to be That would be my biggest challenge is sitting I think on the bike. After the ride and during the ride, the sitting situation <laughs> without, situation. Getting, without getting into too many details yes was, was the worst part of it and we I had built like, up the leg muscles ooh. um yeah i had some tension in my shoulder because i'm holding on to uh, yeah. the, the, the handles the handles but the sitting was the worst part you yeah. have mm-hmm. shorts where you have padding yes in the shorts. yes i would need and you I also hate cycling classes. Oh yeah. Everybody's like, let's go to a solo cycle. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, it's yeah. really fun. They play hip hop music. I'm like, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it. I've done it. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's it, awful. Yeah. yeah. And then you also have what's called chamois butter, where it's like a cream that you Heard put in it. the mm-hmm. areas down there yeah. to help with friction. Yes. Yeah, definitely need that. Yeah. 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 And Honey, I need that because I have thick thighs and leather seats, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I need that on a regular. Yeah. <laughs> there is a product by Mega Babe that does, it's called Thick Thigh Rescue. Ooh. Just FYI for summer months and shorts and whatnot. But that's neither here. Yeah. But yes, very familiar. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you have to protect yourself down there, essentially. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's just, so you are exerting physically you like you said you you know shoulders and i'm sure hips knees legs and all of that is just really engaged pretty much the whole time but when you're sitting on your butt that long Mm -hmm. i mean when you're done riding do you just want to be horizontal do you want to stretch i mean where are you at physically we did a lot did it vary we did a lot of walking after i think where we would go and kind of keep our legs moving after we finished yeah, um, it wasn't often like you said. We took one nap immediately yeah. after, um, but we did a lot of. I guess we did some sitting, but also just kind of walking around the town a little bit. Um, we didn't do so. There's a party in town every night. So when we got off the bike, I think we just used different muscles. Like you were tired, but you weren't necessarily like you couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Well, and also with your road bikes, you're a bit more, you know, mm-hmm. hunched. This is, your spine is now completely erect, so I don't think walking would be, yeah. be kind of nice, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking just physically how challenging it would be. I mean, for me, I, I'm i not, I don't enjoy being the fact that I'm, like, tied to a desk. 
on a day-to-day basis and so I would have desks a lot of the times like standing desk and then you know or <laughs> I would just never either be in my office or I'd, I'm just more of a physical like I gotta move yeah. because when I'm not I'm stiff but then the overexertion of being like super sore it's like oh my gosh I, I need a like a hot yoga class and a good stretch <laughs> and then all right let's do this like <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. I bet it was just was there any sort of physical, um, you know, kind of soreness much days after once oh. you were all done? I mean, I'm sure it took you weeks to not be sore anymore, right? Even the next day. So we could walk around that night and we never relaxed really until we got the tent set up. Like the task wasn't done until the tent was, tent was right. up. Yeah. Because yeah. one night we waited to do like inflate your air mattress and stuff like that and that was horrible. Because it was after dark and yeah. you couldn't see inside uh, the yeah. tent. Yeah. So we knew that we needed to get the tent set up every night. But I think the biggest moment of soreness is when you get on the bike the next morning. Mm. <laughs> and you're putting those muscles through yeah. and you're sitting right back on that yeah. seat. And One of my worst times during the whole yeah. ride. So Iowa is not flat. And I think that that's mm. the best thing to understand if you're wow. getting into this. Yeah. I'm used to driving across Iowa on I-80. Yeah. And it's graded out. Mm-hmm. And you get <laughs> in both ends of Iowa. So the western side of Iowa is the Missouri River, and the eastern side is the Mississippi River. So okay. leading up to those rivers, there's lots of hills, like big hills, mm-hmm. um, that we don't have around here. So we really didn't train on hills. So the first day, we head out of town, and we did like eight miles really fast, and we're like, yeah, we got this, like, yes. And someone said there's a hill headed out of town. The rest of the day was hills. Like, it was just mm. hills. And then the next morning, everybody's like, oh, it's flat today. Like, we're into the flat part. And we woke up, and there were hills, and I almost lost it. Like, we stopped on the first hill, and I was just like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I am not enjoying this. I thought it would be flat. Because we, we don't yeah. get to ride next to each other as easily on hills. Sure, so you have to be, you have yeah. You get the work done. Yeah. And there's, you know, bikes all around you, so you can't just be slow next to each other. Mm-hmm. And then um, everybody's slow. It's not like yeah. you always think you're the slowest, especially at the beginning of the week. You're like, oh, there's slowest people here, but it's not. Everybody is getting the work done. Yeah. It is a grind to go up those hills. Like, well, you're, you're switching gear to the easiest gear, and you're just pedaling. And then, obviously, there's good bikers going very fast beside you, but you're just kind of grinding up it. Yeah. And the first day and second day, we walked up a handful of hills just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was worth it. We, I mean, in the moment, you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm walking, but... As the week went on, we became better cyclists, and we were able to bike more of the hills, but we still, on the last day, were walking some because they were so big mm-hmm. to finish. Um, but yeah, the hills started that second mm-hmm. day, and I was like, this is not what I wanted, and we were like mm-hmm. standing there, and everybody was using all their morning energy to go past us, yeah. and Courtney's like, I think we need to just try a little more, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it mm-hmm. flattened out after that, yeah. and sometimes we would hit wind, mm-hmm. and that was hard, because you'd just be doing so much effort, and yeah. Some of the, like the day before our 100 mile day, it the path went north more, so it zigzagged to kind of get us in position to mm-hmm. then ride 100 miles, and that was tough because then we were like biking west, which is going to be windier. And you're kind of heading west. into the wind yeah. when you're going west. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we, I was probably about 15 miles of the day before our 100 mile day, we were just straight going into the wind and my 
neck was having a lot of issues mm-hmm. and I was just defeated because I'm like, how are we going to do this hundred mile day yeah. when the day before it was 56 miles. So half mm-hmm. of what we were doing the next day and we were fighting that wind and I was very discouraged. Um, yeah. But, and yeah. after having, you know, discouraging days to me, I was just telling you both earlier that I would not want to really socialize and or I'd want a nice delicatessen sandwich, a shower, and and go to bed, you know. And but this was these towns celebrated um, all of the cyclists and participants. So what is it like? I mean, every night was it something different? And what were some like interesting interesting things about some small Iowa towns that that you thought were funny, interesting, or just like? Oh, it's a little different. You know? I will say that so when you're on Ragbri, they talk about Iowa nice, that everyone in Iowa is just so nice. nice. Yeah. So it's all the of Midwest. the towns, it was consistently people out cheering you on mm-hmm. from, I think we passed an elementary school with a bunch of little kids with signs to mm-hmm. a woman brought out her 101-year-old mom in like a nursing bed and held up a sign and we passed by her (laughs) just crying like waving at her so it was it was just it was friday morning yeah and we were just beat and friday was hard because you don't like saturday you finish the ride yeah you're just tired yeah and we were both just like oh you know like grinding through it and we see her out there waving at us and we're just like, oh, and yeah. we hit town, and I'm just, and she's like, you can't cry, because then I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the sweetest thing. Yeah. Every time you felt that, like, that this is a uh, grind, something like that would snap you out of it. Like, oh, the amazing. Yeah. are outside their school, like, it's just that joy that everybody brought to it. So that's one part of Rag Bri, is just everyone being out supporting you, so I would say that's. A big takeaway for this ride for Iowa is that everybody's out supporting you. We saw some um, crazy bikers like doing uh, riding on like an elliptical bike. Um, okay. So different. We saw roller bra- rollerbladers um, and a bunch of different type of cyclists. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's in Iowa, but a, a part of rag ride is people doing it in their own way. So I thought that was really cool. Okay. Um, we went into it thinking, or at least my mindset was that you need to be like a marathon, like running mm-hmm. a marathon where mm-hmm. you just dedicated to the training and you go there to perform the marathon. And run, like we thought it was about biking across Iowa. And the one thing we definitely learned is that it's about the experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. So if you're responsible for biking and getting yourself across Iowa, but along the way you're gonna have these towns that have special events around this, or like when you get breakfast, it benefits the football team or the 4-H or what were some of the other? Church, different churches. churches. Yep. And so when you're in town, the money you spend buying lunch goes to those groups. And the fire department, and everybody is just out there, you know, they, are just there to support you and they're excited about it. So when you get to town at night, mm-hmm. you have a place to camp. It's already designated, you know where you're going. And when you get there, you get your tent set up and then they have another party in town. Okay. So it's, there was a few nights when we didn't go experience Yeah, it. and I think those were our nights 
where we were had, had some frustration through the day. Like, we knew we needed to get food for the evening to fuel us for the next day. Mm-hmm. So we tried to stick around the camp and find, like, one day we got a turkey leg. And it <laughs> benefited a high school um, redoing their, their football stadium. Okay. Um, we uh, another night did at a campground. Honey, I'm down for a turkey leg, <laughs> especially at the Ren Fair. Okay, been there, done that. She walks down to the concession stand and she goes, "We'll have two turkey legs." And I'm like, "Who are you?" Here We're feeding an army. Let's go. <laughs> two turkey legs. Rack them up. <laughs> concessions and like mm-hmm. a soft pretzel and that's all we had for dinner because that's all we could eat to survive to the next day we didn't want to go venture to the downtown yeah. party yeah um we went to a taco dinner at a church and so they just had like you walk by and they make your well, tacos and then you yeah, carry on great yeah, um, yeah. just that true day. like i feel like after oh, hearing this it's that True Iowa nice, but it's also, I feel like that true Midwest nice. And it's just so crazy being back here and almost forgetting that, like, nice people existed like that in this way. You know, I've had very many, like, visitors and friends um, and just kind of like, wow, everybody is just so nice. And I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) And you'd think, you know, like, being in the South, you get that little Southern hospitality. That not so much when you get more into that, like, that central... Um, South Florida, like, you know, that's like, those are just, not to say that, you know, I'm, I was surrounded by rude assholes. That's not at all, but it's just like that overly nice, like, you know, your neighbor, hey, come check out my fish, like, oh boy, how am I going to get out of this one? Like, but you know, it's just so innocent. There's a, um, a sweet naivety about it. That also is really so endearing, but also so wholesome and just like, wow, you are just really nice. Like, this is probably, you know, you you all probably, cyclists involved too, brought a lot of joy and um, a mission uh, for them to continue to celebrate their town and their community and they wanted to show that off. They wanted to show that off to you guys. That's what I'm just hearing. And I think that's just amazing that Iowa nice, but also it's just really... That's the cult. That's the Midwest culture. Like the, the traditional fundraiser for Rag Rye is selling slices of pie. Okay. So everything that like the thing is that you go for slices of pie, and so we stopped at I churches and all these places, and we were able. So it's like five dollars for a slice of pie, which is actually really perfect because it's everything you need to. I mean, sometimes it's apples, so it's like a fruit. It's yeah. acceptable. Um, but it's just the perfect fuel that you need, but mm-hmm. it's $5 for a slice of pie, so it's a great fundraiser, and that's yeah. like the traditional thing. But the bike ride started with just two people from the Des Moines Register riding across to Iowa because they wanted to see more of the state, mm-hmm. and it just developed from there 49 years ago. Now it's year 50 next year. It's the 50th anniversary of mm-hmm. the ride, mm-hmm. and it bloomed to so many people, but people still camp in the front yard of other people. People will set up a lemonade stand in their front yard. Okay. We stop to pet someone's goats and a cow. Like they'll bring.
bring their tractors out, and maybe they're not out there that day, but their tractors are lined up so that Just you can see their old tractors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is so rude. Growing up in Ohio. Cornbread. Yeah, I mean, we had tractor day mm-hmm. in our high school. Drive you know, your tractor to drive school. Drive your tractor to school day. <laughs> that member, existed. I was a member of SFA. Yes. Um, so was I, because yeah. of floral design. Yeah. Yeah. It's just senior, yeah. And, you know, we took so many this bullshit like classes. Class. That yeah. Was like business classes. But honestly, day. floral design really triggered some creativity, and I was yeah. really loving it. See? So I was like, you know, <laughs> it's just the Midwest. It is. But, yeah. Sewing yeah. um, foods, you know, we took it all. Yeah, they had, like, their hose on and a sprinkler, so you could drive through their sprinkler, because it's oh. July. Yeah, it's I mean, like, ooh. No yeah. Fill up your water bottle between towns. Like, it's just, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody who, like, he had his little baby calves there, and he was headed to 4-H Fair next week. Like, you just met so free sweet. beer. I was going to say my favorite part of it. <laughs> it was free the, beer? The, the free beer. Blessings on yeah. blessings. Yes. Once yes. we had, we split them usually, because it is a lot. We were trying to buy all the things. Yeah. Other people are there to party, for sure. So okay. soaking in all of the beer. It's not all free. Okay. But one day we had three beers and they were all free. No. Well, hey, I'm not mad about that. No. If it's free, it's for me. That's yeah. why I was. We saying. obviously stopped at the one because it was a combine with a big bush light. Yeah. And then we had a nice cold bush light. Like it was the best bush light. I'll oh ever yeah. Ever I mean, <laughs> and also you guys, the, like you said, the sun is probably beating down on you. It's but, yeah. still hot. It was. Doesn't hot. matter. Yeah. It's not like you got this cool breeze. You know, unless it's a heavily tree. No, I'm thinking this is, this is, f- like, acres upon acres of farmland oh, and yeah. vast areas. You know, so it's not like you have a whole lot of shade to run into. We were joking about corn and cows and then yeah. cows and corn. Like, <laughs> corn and cows, cows, cows and corn. Cows and corn. <laughs> we were gonna create a TikTok <laughs> yeah, with did. with a song. <laughs> Cows and corn. I don't know. (laughs) We could we could do a little ditty. (laughs) I have a feeling. So I did see in memory of John Karras. Yeah. So he was one of the first founders of the ride, Mm -hmm. and he is the reason the. um, It was in his memory that we did the hundred mile ride. Okay. So they haven't done a hundred mile day, which for cyclists is called a century day. So anytime okay. you bike over hundred miles, yeah. it's called a century day. And it's a big milestone within cyclists to do a hundred mile day. To complete yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Check mark Ooh. on that one. For okay. Us. Good but for y'all, ladies. <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> they haven't done it for thirty or forty years, and they decided in his memory that we would add that this year. Mm-hmm. So we're signing up for the race in February, and we're like. miles every two hours with stops and 
Yeah, you know, we're kind of booking it. We felt yeah. like we were booking it. And yeah. we finished at 425 in the afternoon when we expected, when we signed up for the ride, right. that we were going to be finishing at 8, 9 o'clock. We at night. Come in late at yeah. night. So it was a huge accomplishment for us to be able to do that century ride and to feel so good through the whole day, given the fact that we had some rough days before. Mm-hmm. We ended up having some rough days after, but being able to do that century ride and the amount of time that yeah. we did was a huge accomplishment, knowing that we didn't ride bikes before February of that same year. Yeah. So. Yeah, my longest bike ride had been 16 miles. In your entire life. Yeah. And maybe Once. 10 to 12 for me. One time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was the peak of our cycling career for sure. Like, we at 80 miles just felt so good. It was flat road, and we were just cruising along, and we were just like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. awesome. And then uh, the last 15 were a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were just trying to get to town. I so, bet. But that night they had Sugar Ray. That was the Sugar Ray concert. Yes. And okay. So we definitely made it to town for yeah. Sugar Ray. At a ti- in a timely manner. So yeah. you and Mark McGrath could just <laughs> have a few have a few bush lights in Iowa and hey, huh? She yeah. did hit up the brewery. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have to every time. I would have like cheers to my GD self because yeah. wow, I mean it's such an accomplishment, you know. And Laura, you know, with our first experience on Thirty Paws, you were sharing the fact that you're, you know, you built out this van and you're like, all right, I quit my job and I'm just deciding to travel for a whole year and I'm gonna hit all the national parks in the United States, which is a feat within itself. And so. Now that you've accomplished that and you and Courtney are in your home and you're getting comfortable and you're establishing normalcy and then you're like, boop, I'm ready for another challenge. We want to do this together, and I, which I um, find it so adorable and so admirable. But also, like, what is it that for you, in, you know, personally in, and individually, I'm asking you both, like, what is it your like your motivation to want to consistently challenge yourself in these ways and or not only physically but just like live a such non-traditional life in such a traditional uh, setting like the Midwest you know like this is not something that we can really like say a whole lot of people are age in this area would be like yes I'm I'm I am foregoing all of these adult landmark, so-called successes and I'm actually doing what I want to do you know and I'm living my authentic truth myself and I want to challenge myself so for you it's obviously personal but what is it that you want to continue to do these these adventurous things like this I think that you it's just that you get to learn so much about yourself yeah so you asked earlier why other people do ride Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people sign up for it because it's just seven days. Like, you yeah. can do anything for seven days. And seven-day challenge is long enough for you to enjoy it, for it to be really hard, for you mm-hmm. to have to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll enjoy it again. There's lots of really good food yeah. that we can talk about. And yeah. there's so many people that it's really nice. But it's seven days. So you show up on a Saturday, you start biking Sunday, and you finish the next Saturday. And it's laid out for you. So it's really uh, something that you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to this seven-day vacation. So yeah. working a full-time job, it's usually acceptable to take seven days of vacation. Mm-hmm. 
but mm-hmm. to take more days than that, like Courtney said, the Friday before and the Monday after also as vacation, and that's kind of getting to the limit of people asking about how much vacation you're taking at one time. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't have that limit, and it's so nice to be able to go do something like that, and those people are there, and they're soaking it up, and I expect that most of them are employed. Yeah. You only have 15,000 people doing something. Earning some sort of income to be a part of this. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I have no doubt Mm -hmm. that there's a group of us that aren't. And we get to go on to the next adventure. Mm -hmm. And I get to look at uh, hiking trips that are maybe 21 days that are the same. It's laid out for you. It's something that's accomplishable, like that you can organize enough to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But it's not seven days. So then you start to learn even more about yourself, like traveling to all the states, I hit 52 national parks now. There's points when you don't want to be doing it. And sometimes yeah. you'll be- Like, I, don't you just want to go home? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I, for me, I'm yeah. like, that's so amazing. But for a whole year, I would just kind of want to go home. Yeah, and, and I, I did. I did yeah. come home a few times, but there were trips that were really long. Um, my first trip was just six weeks, I think. And that got me into it. And then they started to be two months, and then it was longer. And I remember there's times when you learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. When I was on the California coast, it just wasn't a comfortable place to be living in the van mm-hmm. because you don't have as many places to stay because there's so many people. Okay. And I didn't have good service. So I'm like trying to call Courtney at the end of her work day to see how her day was. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving along the beautiful California coast, like Highway 1 between San Francisco and LA like all this stuff and there's fog Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you can't see as far and everything's just farther away than you think and I'm like driving along later in the day can't call you and it's just a frustrating moment but you have to kind of pull yourself back in and be like you probably aren't going to get to drive along the California coast every year like this isn't a thing you get to do a whole Mm -hmm. lot of times Mm -hmm. so you need to soak it in and then you get out and there was like elephant seals and like yeah you know it's just crazy things are happening yeah. And when you're in an experience like that, when you force yourself to actually jump in and push yourself past when you want to go home mm-hmm. and keep going, it makes a huge difference. And then you realize that you can do that again and again and again. It's almost just like now it's like, cool, I can actually face any adversity that comes at me and I can be like, well, shit, that sucks, but I'll handle it. Yeah. You know, because I, you've trusted yourself yeah. within that experience. You know what I'm saying? One of my worst days traveling last year, I was in Rapid City, South Dakota, and Mm -hmm. I kind of got stuck there because it was the farthest west I had ever been. Okay. (laughs) So it was familiar. And I was um, in the van, you sleep in different parking lots sometimes because it's the fastest way to travel because the parking lots are off the highway. So I was in a Cabela's Mm -hmm. with about 50 other RVs and campers. (laughs) So it was very normal. Mm -hmm. So I I was in South Dakota. They had, um, I had a Planet Fitness Yeah. Out, mm-hmm. inside, whatever, foot shower mostly. Yeah. And I had a Panera membership for free coffee. And nice. Rapid City, South Dakota had everything I needed. Nice. <laughs> and so I was there for a couple days catching up on editing and all the stuff. And then I had to somehow push farther west mm-hmm. and go to Yellowstone and Glacier and these beautiful national parks. And I had never been farther west. It was just like literally the feeling of leaving that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the drive, was the only speeding ticket I got all year. Wow. And the guy pulled me over, and I just had been going too fast in town. It had mm-hmm. switched to 35, and I just didn't slow down fast enough. 
behind me, I pull over, and I'm in a big van. So I'm sure he, like, thought I was a delivery person or something. And yeah. he's like, why are you coming through? And I'm like, I don't know, GPS brought me here. I'm going to Yellowstone. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Going yeah. to Yellowstone. I'm on my way. Like, yeah. And, and, of course, the GPS took me off the highway to save five minutes. Not five minutes, but more than five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's absolutely. Just like, uh, I need your license and registration. I was just like, okay, here we go. And he yeah. gave me a ticket, and I was like, thank you, have a good day. Yeah, and it was just know. like carrying such, on. Like it's the first first speeding ticket I've ever had in my life. Oh, <laughs> and there was just so little emotion because it was just a hard day, and everything else was hard. Yeah, that it wasn't even the feeling like this was being piled on top. It was just feeling like, okay, this is just today, and tomorrow will be better. And mm-hmm. I made it into Yellowstone, and it was beautiful, and it's just amazing to be seeing such beautiful things. Like, I saw the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. Wow. Which is, it's, honey, Yellowstone, I don't know what to say. Uh, the, it's like a huge waterfall, and this, this actual stone on the side is yellow, right? Okay. So you're looking at it, and you're like, I bet this is why it's called Yellowstone. So you're having these big oh, moments. Oh, okay. And then you're like, that was my day. So you, yeah. it's just. Yeah, and that was my Tuesday, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> that was just a regular Tuesday for me, you know? Yeah. So, well, I think things like that and moments like that, it forces you to stay in the present. Right. Right? So a lot of times when my anxiety and fear take over, it's like, oh, what's going to happen? And I don't know, and we overthink ourselves. I think that's just naturally what we do a lot of times. So I just think that's just such a amazing way to kind of have uh, a build your own like personal growth and development and how you want to pursue and live your life. I yeah. think that's a lot more uh, courageous and brave than I think a lot more people are giving recognition to because it is considered, just like I said, it's kind of not traditional. It's just like, you know, do you have a plan? What are you going to do? And I mean, I'm sure just because of, you know, our parents' age and that's just something that I'm, I'm sure that many conversations happen with them just because it's just so okay, well, what are you going to do? What's your plan? You know what I mean? I yeah. understand that. I get that because I think a lot of times when you don't have, um, you know, similar, like, paths as other folks around and you're not part of the Joneses, you're kind of a Jackson over here, and, you know, you're just yeah. like, all right, well, that's, okay, cool. I'm going to do this, and this is my this is my life. This is my journey, and this is how I want to live it. I think that's just super courageous and brave and very admirable of you both being able to do that and live this lifestyle and knowing and showing people it's actually feasible. Yeah. It's feasible. And I think it's even feasible with having a job. So I have a little bit of a different perspective. And I was going to get into this, but I'm so glad that we are (laughs) segueing right into it. Yeah. And I, um, for me, I, you know, have a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty successful at what I'm doing right now, but I also don't want to live in the mundane of it. Yeah. Um, I want to see more things. I want to make sure that my seven days of vacation Mm -hmm. is doing a challenge that's going to push, push me. And I learned so many different things about myself during that seven days that I'm capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can spend my time doing an adventure like that and then jumping back into work. But I I want to still live that comfortable life of being able to have that income, but also be able to make sure I budget the time for my vacations to go see things. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck 
in just a Midwest bubble. I, I know there's so many different things out there to Absolutely. see. Yeah. Um, and I know that tomorrow's not necessarily guaranteed. Mm-hmm. When I was 19, I lost my mom and that changed my perspective I'm of sure. my entire world, knowing that at, at 19, that you know life is fleeting and yeah. could change at any perspective. So um, having that experience has taught me to be able to think about you know bigger things yeah and to not just live in this this small bubble so well and you're choosing to navigate your life and be the driver and not the passenger and I think a lot yeah. of times uh, people become comfortable and are passive with you know how they're living their life and and it's nice and fun to kind of shake things up and be like actually no I don't have to do that and there's everything is is you know figure outable you know, and you two are just like living proof of that too. That it is feasible, it is figure outable. Um, it does take sacrifice, you know, things like that. But at the same time, if you're confident in your own intelligence and your own intuition, do it. So many people were worried why about my safety or weren't were concerned on why I wasn't more worried about my safety and traveling across the country. Okay. And when I quit my job, it was. February of 2020, <laughs> I was yeah. planning to travel around the world. Yeah. And I thought travel in the U.S. wasn't something that would be fruitful, I guess would be the best way to mm-hmm. describe it, because we think we know the country. Yeah. And when I couldn't travel internationally, I filled out the van and decided to travel around the country. The goal of the national parks was really to just kind of get me to all the corners of the mm-hmm. country. Like, how do you justify doing a road trip? And that's how I justified it. And now... Courtney was able to fly out, so she got the easy side. Mm-hmm. I would be driving around, and she'd fly to Las Vegas. I don't know, flying <laughs> for eight to ten hours in one day is not always the easy way. <laughs> places around the country that you know, like uh, Williams, Arizona, one of our favorite towns, uh, mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado, uh, Crescent City, California, or Oregon. We went to Crater Lake. You know, there's just mm-hmm. towns where we sought out the best pizza or a brewery, or ice cream. We wanted to see the sunset in Crescent City, California, because it's along the California coast, before okay. we went to the Redwoods. And we wanted ice cream. They did not have an ice cream shop open. The Walgreens was open, so mm-hmm. we went in and got drumsticks. Okay. <laughs> went to where we thought we could see the ocean, and it was a wall of fog. Oh. <laughs> and we sat in the van and had our drumsticks. Yeah. Like, it, just, you don't know what you're gonna find, but it's amazing how you just find these small towns across yeah. the country that mm-hmm. then you're familiar with. Little hidden gems. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just amazing. Like, if you have seven days or if you have more time or less time, it's just important to go and see it and experience it. Yeah, no. absolutely. And then next time you'll probably go farther. Yeah, absolutely. So, are you able to now say, okay, Rag Bry was done. I not only was Rag Bry done, but also like I hit up all fifty states, um, fifty two national parks. I did Rag Bry. Is there anything else that's brewing in your mind <laughs> that you think you want to entertain anytime soon? Well, we've committed to having we every time we go on these uh, vacations, <laughs> like even Hawaii, we just plan a whole bunch of things. It's probably my fault. But we plan a whole bunch of things and we do it. And then we always say, next time we're going to plan a relaxing vacation. I will also 
say that we both have the personalities yeah. of when we get somewhere that we just want to see everything that you want to see it do it you want to be adventurous so for us you know? to go and sit on a beach as like it sounds relaxing and it is and we you in need. theory want to do it however once we get there it's like two you hours you need a okay. good combo let, let you need you know y'all y'all need almost like a travel agent at this point because <laughs> it's just like they're going to bring you a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you have a little sweet and a little salty and a little, you know, it's like a charcuterie board. You have a little yes. bit of everything. Like, so that's what you need on your next vacation because I'm telling you, a rag bright ain't a vacation. <laughs> it is um, vacationing from your other responsibilities that, you know, bring you income and whatnot, but... Not a vacation as I'm picturing a vacation. So what we picked next yeah. is I've always wanted to see the fall leaves of mm-hmm. the eastern coast. Mm-hmm. But we decided closer to us is Watkins Glen, New York. Okay. So we're actually going to plan a trip to upstate New York to see the fall leaves. Beautiful. So a yeah. camping trip, maybe a stop in Buffalo to see Niagara Falls. Oh, yes. Um, there's a few other spots that are just really yeah, so absolutely. We're just soak in some fall leaves and do that. My friend Tori is from Buffalo, so I will connect you guys so you can know the ins and outs of what's what's really really good in Buffalo, New yeah. York. Um, also, I think that's just would be so gorgeous. I'm actually going to New York next uh, month. Um, I will be in the city, so I don't know how much like fall I will get. But I'm hoping maybe if I am in Central Park, I will see a little leaf turning or what have you. But again, it's mid September. Still kind of summerish, yeah. but we'll see. We both love New York. Mm-hmm. It's our favorite city. We like Chicago. Chicago. We love Chicago. We love it's a clean New York. Chicago, yeah. Yeah. Um, but New York City. That's I've been by myself. I took my mom uh-huh. a few years ago. I wanted to go on a tour to eat all of the best pizza. Yes. And so I asked my mom if she wanted to go, and in three days we ate at twelve pizza <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love and it. We had I, I love New York <laughs> no. so much. I do. And, you know, I lie. I've been to New York in the fall in October. But I really just don't, you know, because, you know, global climate change. Um, yeah. I really don't think that fall actually hits till about November. Yeah, you know. When you actually see that really beautifulness. Everybody comes back outside. Yeah, everybody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, ooh, I'll have a jacket and a sweater on, you yeah. know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... It, New York is an enjoyable city when you have the right people with you to un- to make you understand it's an enjoyable city. Mm-hmm. If you are going there and you're like, okay, well, I'm here at Times Square, and you're like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or you're having, like, you know, those quintessential experiences. But I've pretty much visited every borough except Long Island. Okay. Yeah, I but haven't I experienced anything. <laughs> just I haven't been to Long Island. I haven't been to Staten Island. But other than that, I I think I've been pretty much everywhere in New York, and it's a pretty fantastic city. So I'm just really excited to go because I have friends there, and um and then for me it's in Ecuador in January. So I'm excited to see and experience that a South America and it being, um, it's a combination of some adventure and you know seeing some cool cultural things especially in the nature the waterfalls and the hiking which i'm very excited about but also you know i will do like a sound bath on the beach at sunset 
and then a morning yoga class, and then I'll have a lovely breakfast, and then I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> never, yeah. So it's a good mix, that. and I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's it's going to be a good mix, and I think South America is just uh, a continent that I need to hit up more frequently, and I'm excited. It's a really popular backpacking country, like yes. continent. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I know, and me and my girls, we like to hike, definitely, yeah. so we're, we're down for that. Um, I was even just in Georgia last December hiking and stuff, and so it's just really awesome. Yeah. So, besides... Everyone's going to be out planning their trips now, oh. now that they listen <laughs> right. to this. Yes, well, I mean, honestly, hit us up, because we kind of know, mm-hmm. and my, honestly, Laura, you would know a hell of a lot more, <laughs> knowing that you've been to all of the states here in the U.S. Um, what... As, uh, you know, someone who is figuring out that this life is figureoutable, it is sustainable, how are you also creating more people to engage in this? You obviously have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you show everything from the van build out to your entire adventure. Um, how else do you help engage and, like, continue to be almost like an entrepreneurial adventurer? I'm still trying to find different ideas. So mm-hmm. I come up with a different idea every week, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I do a percent of them. A very small percent. <laughs> so I'm always trying to find different ways. I absolutely love the YouTube channel. I think yeah. it was a great thing to start. I have every video I've ever posted still up. So it's just something where nothing tells it better than the video. And yeah. I edit the video, of course. But mm-hmm. I try to weave things in. Like with the van build, I mm-hmm. wanted to leave things in where it didn't go great. Yeah. But it's not always interesting to watch, so I didn't obviously leave as much. <laughs> you cut out a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But I did my van build in two months, and most people take a year. So yeah. there's definitely a time lapse. But when you show a video of a place, I feel people can experience it. And whether they're going to plan a visit to go themselves, mm-hmm. or if they're going to just experience it from the video, at least they get to see it. Yeah. Like when I say that, one of my favorite places is Yosemite, mm-hmm. and it's just this beautiful national park. And whether somebody can plan a trip all the way to California to go there or not, at least with the video, they can see sunrise, and they can kind of experience the moment. And with YouTube, you can edit in like background music and different things, yeah. and it really helps me kind of express the moment. So sometimes mm-hmm. that takes the most time, is figuring yeah. out the music that matches my mood so that somebody else can kind of feel that experience. Yeah. So I think YouTube is the best way that I share. I also have a Facebook page and mm-hmm. Instagram. It's all Laura on the new to check out there. And I'm starting to sell pictures that I took while traveling on Etsy. Oh my so God, it's beautiful! Also Laura on the move on Etsy. So awesome. people can download the picture. So it's mm-hmm. just the picture. You download it and then you can print it yourself. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Only, they're all listed at like seven ninety nine. Oh, it's cute. Not very expensive, but it's a way but to also, share that. Well, and I think that would, like, what a cool gift idea. Like, oh, my gosh, we were here at Yosemite, and, like, that's a really great picture. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have you it on our wall. And yeah. And we gifted it to both of our sisters Yeah. Christmas. So. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I love the fact that, A, not only we got to reconnect, and but it's a continuation of, you know, your episode from season one. So I would just have to say to listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that episode first so you can kind of understand uh, Laura and I's history and uh, just your story on how you got started with, you know, going on that huge adventure and taking that big risk and having your 30 pause moment that I would say. And then, of course, 
you know, now into this, it's like, this is a new phase and it's a, it's a flourishing, like growth moment that I see and I've witnessed. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that you both were able to share it, uh, with our audience and, um, you know, hopefully we'll see what your next adventure is besides autumn in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see you too. There's still, uh, 11 national parks, mostly in Alaska. So okay. There's more to come. And we do want to do more international travel. That's something we've kind of set our sights on. Absolutely. So that'll be fun to see. Yeah. And I think now you've inspired me even more to do more in-states travel. I have yet to see like the beautifulness of New Mexico and Arizona, which oh I see goodness. is just, which the, I hear. The Albuquerque Bloom Festival yeah. is on my list. So they yes. have a hot air balloon festival. I've heard of that. Year, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just beautiful. And the southern border of the U.S. Mm-hmm. is just one of the favorite places that I've been. Yeah. My year. favorite is the Oregon coast. Like, mm. you wouldn't think it was that beautiful. It's one it's, of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. You are like the seventh person that has told me that, too. Yeah. So. Not only, yeah. Rent a convertible and drive down Highway oh. 1 from Seattle Woo. to San Francisco. Girl, don't make me have my, like, Thelma and Louise moment. <laughs> I'm going to have my glasses, my scarf, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, we were in the van, but. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And, of course, if you guys want to know anything more about Laura and Courtney and their adventures in regards to Rag Bry. Thank you. That's pronunciation. Yeah. Thank you. I Thank you it. for me, Reg Bry. And then, um, if anything about Reg Bry or just Laura's adventures, uh, find her on YouTube, Laura on the Move, on Instagram. All the things I think are all Laura on the Move. And then yeah. Courtney, your handle. Would you like to share? Uh, I don't have one. Okay. I love that for you. I, I love that. I wish I was that person, but I'm not. Admirable. Just excellent at social media, though. I'm trying to hire. Yes, I can see so, it. She's a, she's a she's a BTS kind of girl. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I did create a YouTube channel. It has a total of 36 subscribers, and it's called Escape the Wanted, okay. which I did create. But And I have some cool videos up there, but just with having a full-time job, doing yes, that extra stuff I get doesn't it. always allow for that. I know. Yeah. I always tell myself, I was like, man, I wish I was two people. Can you imagine just two incomes and me? I would kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Escape the one to Awesome. Laura on the move. Escape the one Ladies, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.